Welcome to the Lemp Report Live. On today's broadcast, Walmart Plus's brilliant marketing, the rise of violence in brick and mortar, are French fries making you depressed? The answer is yes, by the way. Coca-Cola's latest misstep, most fear on losing out on the latest food trends, and on the bullseye, Jack in the Box commits to weed. But first, this Friday is Cinco de Mayo, and while many think of margaritas to celebrate, few actually know why. Cinco de Mayo is a yearly celebration commemorating the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862. Let's raise our glasses and toast. You can go to at Don Julio Tequila on Instagram and get a $5 digital Cinco's coupon every day between May 1st and May 7th. So that's like seven times five, 35, to celebrate at your favorite bar or restaurant. It's a really smart promotion. And starting this month, we're going to give you an advance notice of the Aldi finds that we think is extraordinary. If you like women's sneakers that celebrate Mickey Mouse, you could go to De Segal and pay $159 for this one with the studs, or go to Aldi and get this one without the studs for just $14.99. That's a find. Let's get started. So, Sally, Walmart Plus has come up with this new program uh, for the month of May, uh, where they're giving away uh, 20,000 Walmart Plus memberships to moms, new moms that give birth in hospitals. Now, the interesting thing about May is we give birth, not we, but women give birth um, in the U.S., 3.6 million babies a year. That averages about 305,000 a month. May is not the biggest month. August is actually the largest month for births, uh, but that's three. let's say it's an average of 300,000 a month but they're only giving out 20,000. And I think that this promotion is so strong and I know it's their money, not my money, but this is a great way to get more members for membership plus. And you know that when you're a new mom, you've gone through this, all of a sudden you're buying a lot of new things, diapers and baby formula and things like that. And if Walmart plus can get you at that moment in time, you're probably going to stay with Walmart plus for the time that your kids are growing up. What do you think? Yes, Phil, I 100% agree. This is a fabulous campaign. It is something that new mothers absolutely need. Um, they're calling this campaign the mother of all savings memberships campaign. And it's a perfect time to do it because Mother's Day is coming up on May 14th. And they've also um, they've also enlisted some really great personalities um, to uh, provide um, content with, of ultimate motherhood hacks. And, and those celebrities are Cardi B, Stephanie Beatriz, Janelle James, and Jenny Slate, and they bring a lot of humor into being a new mom, and they give these really great tips with a, with a lot of jokes. So um, it's it's a really fun watch to see these videos. Um, but yes, they are you know they're giving away twenty thousand. It is a uh, membership that is worth ninety eight dollars, and they're promoting uh, the benefits being that you get free diaper delivery, um, you can get free gas to baby well checks, and they're also promoting um, free streaming of shows while you're doing those late night feedings um, of your baby. Yeah, it's really smart. Um, hats off to the folks at Walmart Plus for pulling this together. Um, a story of concern. There's a rise of violence in brick and mortar. 
Retail workers nationwide are scared to go into work fearing potential hostile situations. Um, in a business.org survey of 700 small businesses last year, 54% report a rise in shoplifting. 23% said they were robbed every day. CVS uh, has told Congress that shoplifting was up 300% over pre-pandemic figures. Retail theft reports up 52% over 2021 in Philadelphia. In New York City, they rose 45%. Um, now, what's interesting to me about this story is in New York, um, there were uh, 327 people, that's it, 327 people who were arrested and rearrested in more than 6,000 instances. So what it really is talking about is how this crime is very organized. Uh, Prosecutors Alliance of California estimates that $500 billion worth of stolen or counterfeit goods are sold every year through online marketplaces, including Amazon. Uh, but probably the most important thing is, you know, how how are these retailers going to cope with having, you know, employees that really frankly just don't want to come to work because they're afraid yes it is a, a, a huge concern and we saw this um, really start uh, ramping up when uh, the shutdown happened when covid happened and um you know people that were just going into these retail retail stores weren't in great moods because you know our our lives were um were in turmoil from this situation and now with price with prices up um, on food. Um, people are frustrated when they go shopping. And so there is a tendency for more hostility and anger. Um, in this study, 33% revealed that their retail store had experienced a violent situation, ranging from robberies to physical altercations. Now, um, you know, what the conversation is, is like, how do you prepare your employees to deal with hostile customers? Should our employees be security? Um, should they be monitoring um, and catching the you know, I'm not so sure that that's really their job. And I wonder if the if the answer is more um, having higher, you know, tighter security or maybe those self checkout lanes, having so many of those isn't the best idea after all. If people are going through with a clerk, you know, if they have to check out their groceries with a the clerk, then they're less likely, likely to steal. Absolutely. And I've seen people at the self scan you know, excuse <laughs> me, steal things. Um, mm -hmm. It's really relatively easy. And I think to your point, we don't want to put employees or teachers in the position of really being uh, a policeman. But I think we have to do what Hy-Vee has done. And it's unfortunate to say, but what Hy-Vee has done is hired retired uh, police officers, either retired or folks that don't want to be police officers anymore that are armed, that are wearing a bulletproof shield, uh, a police issue bulletproof shield uh, to monitor all the stores. And I think if you've got people like that in the stores, you're gonna have less of these uh, flash mobs that come in and just steal whatever they want. Tell me about some new research um, about French fries. I happen to like French fries. I'm not a huge French fry consumer. But there's a new research study that came out that said that people, uh, the frequent consumption of fried foods, 
especially fried potatoes, was linked with a 12% higher risk of anxiety and 7% higher risk of depression in people that don't eat fried foods. But there's a controversy about this study as well, right? Yes. Well, um, when we look at this study, like you said, you know, there's a 12% higher risk of anxiety and a 7% higher risk of depression in people that are eating fried foods. Now, but that, that is, a, there's a 2% increase on top of that in risk of depression um, when you're eating potatoes as opposed to fried meat. Um, so that is one part of this study that we're looking at, but also we've seen such an, a, such an increase in anxiety and depression over the last few years. In fact, the World Health Organization says that 5% of the global population, Phil, is depressed. That's a lot of people worldwide. And now we also um, are hearing about these studies um, over this chemical that occurs when you are frying carbohydrates, and that is a crimalide. And we have we have talked about this on supermarketguru.com for years um, because this issue came up, uh, you know, I believe about a decade ago, maybe more. Um, but this um, this uh, chemical occurs when you fry carbohydrates. It also occurs when you roast beans in coffee. So um, so it can come up there. But um, but this chemical has been linked to causing depression. And it's been linked by a number of, of agencies. Uh, for example, EPA has said that, you know, <clears throat> acrylamide is a human carcinogen um, that also leads to all these cancers that we're talking about. Uh, Dr. David Katz, uh, who's probably one of the smartest uh, medical guys that I know, especially as it relates to nutrition, um, is saying that you know, there's two ways to look at this. The human component may indicate that higher intake of fried food increases the risk of anxiety and depression. But he also says the other side, the causal pathway could be just as ready to go to the other way. People with anxiety and depression turn to comfort food with increasing frequency for some semblance of relief. So we've got to look at both of them. Um, lots of caution about this study, uh, but certainly it raises the question that we need to find out whether or not acrylamide, whether it is fried foods, um, does have an impact on depression. And if we look at the stats from the American Psychological Association, depression is continuing to go up, especially in kids. And if we look at, you know, um, our, our kids and our teens, their incidence of French fries um, are probably a lot more than our incidence of French fries. So, you know, it, it's definitely worth having some more work done and more studies done. Uh, Coca-Cola, in my opinion, my opinion only, has made another misstep. And we've talked a lot about Coke probably in the past three or four months as they continue to raise prices. So now what they've decided to do is license two of their brands, Simply and Minute Maid, to um, add to fruit. Uh, Fruterra is the global fruit sales company, uh, which will distribute fresh grapes and citrus uh, bearing these Coke um, logos on it. Now, we've tried this before. We tried it with Disney, which I think is probably even a stronger, a stronger brand to connect produce to kids than it is Minute Maid. But to me, this is just a cheap shot to try to make some money licensing, you know, the brands that you've got. 
Um, if you walked in and saw a Minute made orange, would you uh, be more likely to buy that orange? I'm not sure what the messaging is that they're going for here, Phil. Um, you know, they're going to be um, they're going to be distributing fruits like clementines, lemons, limes, oranges, and mandarins, as well as red green and black seedless grapes. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure what um, what message that is going to send to people when they see those logos in the produce department. Um, do people connect Minute Maid to the Coca-Cola company? Um, I'm not sure if they make that, if shoppers make that connection. Um, but, but yes, I agree. It could be a misstep for this company. Yeah, and also I, I didn't have the opportunity to check but my belief is that most of the oranges that's used in Minute Maid come from Brazil anyway. It's mm -hmm. from concentrate. So I'm not sure this connect. I think it's a major disconnect. Um, there's another new poll that's come out. This survey was conducted by one poll on behalf of NVTM Apples, and they found that social media plays a significant role in the recipes that people are drawn to make. Um, on average, people feel the need to post their meal on social six times per month, and nearly a quarter of them say they use YouTube and Facebook the most when it comes to finding trendy food inspiration. But there's a new term for these uh, three and four Americans. Tell us about that. <laughs> Well, these we're looking at, first of all, the the most alarming statistic I read out of this study, Phil, which surprised me, and I don't know why, was that that the that average Americans spend four hours of their day on social media, four hours they do, and that the average person follows at least 10 food-related accounts on social media. I was so surprised by that. This is such a great opportunity for the food industry um, to capture the attention of these people. And 67% um, said that they want to be a snack influencer themselves if they had the chance. So these these people that are sharing recipes and sharing what they're eating um, are really popular on social media. And, um, you know, we're also seeing that 73% um, admitted that they spend extra time preparing their meals just to make them more beautiful for social media. Um, so, so there's also that feeling of accomplishment, of being able to share what you made, um, and I guess get some bragging rights from that. So we've gone through yuppies, yuppies, uh -huh. and now there's food mo. Right. The fear <laughs> of missing out on food trends. How sad is that? Oh well. So don't don't feel bad. Don't miss out on food trends. Come to supermarketguru.com and you'll be able to see the latest in food trends. Thanks, Sally. As many of you know, I started my career working for my dad as a food broker. So I was thrilled to welcome John Carroll, president of digital commerce and analytics of Acosta to Lost in the Supermarket to see just how food brokerage has evolved. For the complete episode, just go to supermarketguru.com Here's what John has to say. When we take a look at what's going on, uh, 2023 is certainly going to be an interesting year. We're coming out of hopefully the pandemic. Uh, we've had major supply chain issues. We have major price increases going on. And so I guess my, my question is, will 2023 be a year of choice 
uh, chaos, opportunity? What's in your crystal ball? I think a little bit of everything you just mentioned, uh, Phil. I, you know, I like to say that the last five years in retail have been the most progressive and disruptive than in the last 50 years. Um, and it's all driven by really three things. Number one, the changes in technology, without a doubt. Um, consumers' needs for convenience and a focus on convenience. And, and then also the pandemic. Uh, you know, it really brought retail, which I always said was a little bit behind, behind from a technology perspective. I, I think it really forced the industry to make the massive changes that were necessary to keep up with the consumer. So I do think there's going to be a little bit of everything. I think the economy is still uncertain. Inflation is, is a bit uncertain. I think it's a bit of a tale of two cities from a consumer perspective. You have people that are doing fine from an economic perspective. You have people that are making more money based on what happened from a pandemic perspective and the labor shortage. But you have people that are still struggling based on all the price increases and inflation from an economy standpoint. So I think it's going to be an interesting year. I think what we've all learned through the pandemic in the last few years with the advent of technology is that we have to be agile as a CPG company, as a fast consumer, fast moving consumer goods company, and as retailers. We have, we have to make sure that we understand that there's always going to be changes. And those changes are really going to be led by the consumer and the shopper. On today's Bullseye, Jack in the Box just announced a partnership with Weed Maps. Now, Weed Maps, if you don't know, is an online platform that helps users find legal cannabis dispensaries, delivery services, docks, and deals in their area. It was founded back in 2008 and has become one of the most popular resources for those seeking information about cannabis products and services. Users can search for specific strains of cannabis, read reviews from other users, and locate dispensaries that carry the products that they're looking for. The platform also provides information on cannabis laws, news, and events related to the industry. They have over 10 million active users globally as of 2021. The media partnership makes sense. Jack in the Box has always promoted itself as part of the cannabis culture, from its munchy meals to wakey-bakey hash to Snoop Dogg's Mary Jane platform. Jack has set up a storefront on Weed Maps promoting its Pineapple Express milkshake and Pineapple Red Bull. They marked the first food brand to make a media buy on the Weed site. The reason? Well, some brands dip their toes into 420 with a lighter execution, something with a wink and a nod. Ryan Ostrom, Jack in the Box's CMO, told Adweek, we want to put a stake in it and own the moment for quick service restaurants. It was all about 420, also known as Weed Day, the unofficial holiday that's celebrated by many cannabis enthusiasts around the world. This holiday takes place on April 20th every year and has become a popular time for people to gather together to celebrate and consume cannabis. 420 has become a significant cultural phenomenon with many people attending cannabis-themed events and parties and some cannabis dispensaries offering special deals or promotions on this day, following the likes of other themed created days that have nothing to do with heritage or religion. Ostrom says that we understand what's going on culturally in various states and nationwide, and we've done a lot of research with our guests. For a certain segment, 420 is an important holiday. And we and historically we've been there. This is little doubt that this is great news for Weed Maps, breaking down the barrier to major advertisers to spur significant growth. 
What does it do for Jack in the Box? Well, Ed Week writes that the chain is continuing to lean into its late night clientele, which drives a significant amount of their business. And no doubt, they write, overlaps with weed aficionados. Here in Los Angeles, Jack is offering a pineapple chicken sandwich for a limited time to further their brand with this market. Now, if you're not in L.A., no worries. There are links on Weed Maps with recipes on how you can make what Jack is calling their edible assortment at home. Now, that's a combination of onion rings, popcorn chicken, mini tacos, and mini pancakes. Back to pineapple tie-ins. Pineapple is often used as a symbol of cannabis culture. It appears on clothing, jewelry, and other accessories. Some cannabis strains also have pineapple in their names, which can indicate a fruity or tropical flavor profile. Pineapple has become a popular symbol of hospitality and friendship among cannabis enthusiasts, and it's often used as a way to indicate that a person or place is welcoming to those who consume cannabis. It's like a secret handshake to enter a secret club. So, Sally, any questions this week? Um, yes, we have a comment from John Pandall um, about our um, hey, security and um, our, our retail um, violence and um, security story. He says, no question the cost of security, damage and losses, both physical and cyber, is part of the reason we have price inflation. It's sad to see areas suffer from stores closed due to crime and the cities that no longer have the sales tax revenue. Yeah, John, um, as always, very insightful. And you bring up a point that we didn't, that bottom line is it also forces store closures. So if you look at different cities across the nation, like Buffalo, uh, because of the crime, they closed stores. We reported last week or the week before about that, you know, super Whole Foods in San Francisco that closed its doors after one year because of the amount of crime. So store closures is really an important point. John, as always, thanks for bringing that up. The Lemper Report is all about inspiring ideas, making our industry think and challenging each other. Let's think about being the shopper and how we can bring our supermarkets and restaurants closer to meet their needs. I hope you'll come back to join us on next week's installment of the Lemper Report Live, when we focus on the biggest and the best insights and the things that really matter. Be sure to visit supermarketguru.com for the latest marketing analysis, issues, and trends. And don't forget to join us back here next Monday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern for more.